Hello, it's Josephine here, your performing arts business strategist and coach. Today, I'm going to be talking about different studio revenue streams that will be great to implement in your space and really maximize your income. Now, there is one studio revenue stream you may never have even considered. Plus, I'm going to add 10 more. So yes, I'm going to be covering 11 different performing arts studio revenue streams. Um, also guys, if you want to get a copy of this, so if you're driving or you're walking or wherever you are today, um, I actually have a free downloadable PDF for you as a resource. And you can find that at josephinelangcuba.com forward slash studio revenue. And I'll also put the link in the description as well. Okay, so if you're ready to rock and make some more money in your space, let's kick it off with my one studio revenue stream you've never considered plus 10 more. Here we go. Hey there, I'm Josephine Lancuba and you're listening to Business Arts and All That Jazz. I've been immersed in the creative business world and performing arts industry for over 20 years. I know from experience that being an artist, a creative, or running a creative business can be a tough gig, but I'm here to tell you it's possible. I went from having zero dollars to my name and living below the poverty line, to then living paycheck to paycheck, to finally living a life of comfort, happiness, passion, and even stability. In this podcast, I peel back the curtain and share with you the ups and downs of my journey. Plus, I tap into the minds of creative industry experts to discover their paths to success. I know you have a spark inside of you, that little voice that tells you to reach for the stars. I want to help you step into your limelight to have the courage to live a life you dream of, a life that you design. So get ready to be entertained and inspired as we talk business, arts, and all that jazz. Welcome back. All right. As promised, I'm going to share with you a bunch of different revenue streams that I've used. Um, now, at, for those that may or may not know, uh, I have been a studio owner for many years, over six years, actually. Um, so I started off with a space and, you know, providing classes in ballet, tap, jazz, all the things. And then I really niched and focused in the last couple of years and became the Musical Makers Club. So uh, we we have, you know, a modular sort of setup where we have multiple club sites and subleases from a whole bunch of places and run our programs from there. But it's, you know, basically we're still a studio, even though we don't have a hub home space, uh, we still call ourselves, um, you know, performing arts programming and similar to that sort of studio setup. Um, what I can say is that we have a multitude of revenue streams that I've been using over the years to really generate that six-figure business and, and we're growing. My goal is to get this to a seven-figure business and I do believe that's possible. I've I've got my plan, I've got my strategy and we keep incrementally um, growing every single year. So that looks very possible to me. Uh, I want that for you too. So whether you already are a six or seven figure business, um, whether you're not, maybe, you know, you're just starting out and you're struggling, or maybe you're, you're new and you've got 20 students or you've been in business for a couple of years, you've got 40 or 50 students. Whatever you do, um, I think it's really important to know that 
you have more opportunity to generate income through the people that are already within your doors. So not a, so these revenue streams will not only attract new people, but they'll also keep the people you have and get them spending more money with you, right? They say if um, someone has spent $1 with you, they're likely to spend more, right? And I believe that to be true. Um, so, you know, look, we know there's been a lot of, there's an abundance of information um, online for performing arts studio owners and teachers about different revenue streams that you can really grasp onto. But I am going to be sharing one revenue stream here that you probably have never considered before and maybe, just maybe, haven't even heard of. So that's something that I'm going to be sharing with you. So I have 11. I'm going to share my secret on the 11th one, <laughs> just to keep you hanging on, I reckon, just to keep you hanging on. Um, but let's start with the, firstly, the 10. Let's start with 10. And these are the ones that you probably have heard of before, but I'm going to break down a couple of them and I'm just going to maybe refresh your memory because sometimes we get caught in the rut of being business owners and studio owners and you know, program facilitators, and we end up just doing the same thing year on year. And we wonder why nothing changes. We wonder why our businesses are not generating more money and income. And we'll have a plethora of things to blame. Okay. But really, you need to continue to innovate, to introduce, to reinvent. I believe that to be true. I know this from my own experience. And so, um, you know, let, let's kick off with some of those revenue stream options. Now, number one, and, and guys, remember, you've got that downloadable PDF resource that you can tap into at Josephine Lane Cuba forward slash studio revenue. Okay. Link in the notes. All right. Number one, most common service is, um, group lessons, right? So group lessons is the most common thing that anyone does for a revenue stream. I don't need to break that down. You know what a group class is. What I will say about group classes though, is make sure that you know what your break even point is and what the costs are related to it so that you're not running classes in the red. You know what I'm saying? Let's say you're running a class, you're paying a teacher per hour, you're paying studio hire per hour, you know, all of the costs related to building insurance or whatever you've got going on, and you've only got two kids in the room, does that cover the costs? You need to think about that. Now, there's something to be said for giving things a good crack, giving something, I think, maximum six months, give something a good six months before you totally give up on it, unless it's like just dead. Um, but otherwise, uh, yeah, if it's, if it's not bringing in profit, you need to cut the class, all right? But group lessons is number one revenue stream and the most common within a performing arts studio. Number two, private lessons. Now, there are several models which you can run private lessons within your studio. Now, you if you're the main teacher, then obviously all of that money is yours, right? Um, which is great. But, you know, if you want to scale and grow, you need to be looking at some other options. So option one is a flat rate lesson price. Now, this is where the teacher receives their hourly rate. Um, and you ensure that there's a markup so you make money. I have heard of studio owners just being kind and saying, hey, teacher, that's okay. You just run the classes and I won't make any money on that. And I'm just a good guy. Ba -ba. <laughs> 
No, no. Why would you even, why would you warrant that sort of thing? Like, as in, why would you have that liability and worry and extra admin and conversations about booking space when you're not even profiting from that exercise? You know, if if it's a volunteer thing and the teacher just wants to rehearse something with a group of people and it's volunteer and it's not for profit, sure, whatever, I get that. But if it's a profitable exercise and they're actually making money from the class and you're not, no, stop that now and start treating yourself as a business, okay? So make sure you mark it up and make money. Okay, so that's number one, flat rate lesson price. Option number two is hire out your space to the teacher. So this is where the teacher pays you for room hire and or a per student fee. So I actually used to do this um, when I was younger. I was a singing teacher in a school um, and I had to pay $5 to the studio per class which was nothing. So that's like $10 an hour. Remember, this was like 100 years ago. (laughs) I'm not that old. But, you know, this was a long time ago. Um, But anyway, so it could be that they just pay you the um, studio hire rate, whatever your hourly rate is in the studio, so like a sublease agreement. Or as a referral fee, you uh, get paid per lesson a dollar amount, you know, and that could be $5, $10, $20, $100, whatever it is. Um, that's relevant to your service, what you're offering and um, the amount you charge. Okay, so so there's two options there as well. So you can either hire out the space to the teacher or you can get a flat rate lesson price. Okay, so that was one and two. So now number three, revenue stream number three, workshops and themed events. Now these are great for school holidays or out of class times and This is where you can bring in themed events and or guest teachers to really bring excitement into your studio. Um, These last school holidays, I ran a dance party, um, a unicorn themed dance party with my studio. Uh, We had about 50 something kids book in, which I thought was pretty good. And um, we opened it up to the public too. So we didn't just invite our own students. We actually opened it up as a ticketed event online. And that was great um, because we actually got new students from that as well. So we marketed our programs to kids that came in for that special event and um, ended up picking up some extra kids as well. So that was really fun and vibey. And we we keep getting asked, oh, you're going to do it again. That was so much fun. So that was really cool. Um, other things you can do, like I said, is guest teachers. So bringing in like industry experts or well-known artists or people that are just really skilled in a particular um, genre and bring them in and just hype them up, you know, make sure you're giving them rock star intros, really hype them up to your members and um, yeah, charge for the charge for the event. That's a really great way to make some extra holiday revenue and also bring in the excitement. Okay, uh, number four is costumes. So this is a reminder, guys, that you are a business, okay? So you don't need to give away your costumes for free and you don't need to sell them at cost price. I've been in a lot of um, studio owner groups and costume groups and whatnot, and people um, tend to feel a level of guilt around uh, marking up the price of a costume. Now, 
you as the business owner do not need to give it away for the price you paid for it. Um, your time is actually value valuable. So is your expertise, you sourcing them, all of that. So um, here's the thing, you know, your time in sourcing them and your expertise are in fact valuable and you really do deserve to make some money on your time and cost related to a costume service. And that is the key word here service. And that is what you're providing. So look, option one, and this is what I do, which is costume hire. Um, this is where you keep the costumes and they become your assets and they make you money time and time again. The only thing about this is that you do need to have a storage space. Now, I'm fortunate enough to have storage in my home. I have a garage and it's jam-packed which my husband isn't overly pleased with, <laughs> I'll be honest, but that's what I do. Um, so that's a really good option if you've got space. Now, if you have a studio that has a room that you can dedicate for costume storage, then absolutely go for it. Um, but yeah, that is the only thing with costume hire. Uh, you tend to collect a lot over time. And the next thing you know, you've got boxes and racks like, you know, from the floor to the roof. Um, so, you know, that's the only thing that you need to consider because if you don't have storage, that can cost you money. Or if you do have storage at your studio, you know, that could be a room that you're potentially using for classes. But at the end of the day, if you make quite a bit of money on costume hire, then you could be considering that as an asset and part of the space that you just need to provide that additional revenue stream. Now, uh, another thing that I do as well is I have a costume director who, in fact, also has an abundance of costumes that we use time and time again for our productions. And that's great because those are costumes that I don't need to store and we've negotiated a flat rate per um, student costume hire fee, which works really nicely for us. So that was op option one under costumes. Option two is to sell your costumes. Now, this is where you buy them outright or you might make them or have them made and you include a markup fee to on-sell them to your customers. And I will really um, hone in on that. Make sure that you do a markup and you profit off every service that you provide. Because even if it's a case of you providing a link and people buying them online and whatnot, there should still be some sort of costume levy um, in your pricing model. because you are still sourcing them. You probably spend weeks and days of every, you know, year actually finding the costumes to create that link, to send to them. That is your time. So even if the customer is, the customer is buying directly, you're still taking the time to find the suppliers, provide the links, blah, blah, blah. And I would just call it a costume service levy if that's the case. If you do buy them and distribute them, that's where you, you don't need to disclose the cost of the costume. And even if the client looks it up and they say, hey, you charged me $55 and I saw online that that costume only costs 40. Yes. That's right. That's because of the time uh, that I, um, that's because I'm charging you for my time and my expertise and administration. And also remember people will come to you and send you emails and ask you questions and have all these inquiries around costumes. You know, this is all part of it. You're to be paid for that.
So anyway, I know I'm like harping on now. It's because I'm super passionate about that. So <laughs> you can tell. Okay. Revenue stream number five is uniforms and merchandise. So this may include online products, video and photo packages. I call video and digital packages part of my merchandise. Um, so we have videographers, photographers come to our shows. We sell them online for videography and photo package prices. Uh, we also sell t-shirts. I also sell um, recently jazz shoes. Um, so, you know, these are all things that you can do um, with the jazz shoes and for any sort of item like that, actually, just make sure that you don't overstock more than you're going to sell. So some people may have a shop within their studio. That's different. But if you're just, if you're just grabbing some stock to sell, yeah, just be mindful you don't overdo it. Um, I think anything that involves like drop shipping style, uh, service is great. So that's what we do with our jazz shoes. We actually don't stock the jazz shoes. We have a, um, a supplier that does, and we've negotiated a deal where we get X amount of dollars per purchase. So the clients, um, our customers purchase on our website, we forward the order to our supplier, they pack and send them, and then they just let us know once they're sent. So we don't do anything except for flick an email and let our customers know about the service, which is brilliant. Now you don't make as much money, potentially, um, we make less than $10 on a jazz shoe sale, but you know what? We're providing a service. Um, it's easy to use. It's convenient. It's online and away we go. Yeah. So that's, that's what we do. Just, just keep in mind that you don't have to always stock the products and that you can have others, um, packing and sending them and stocking them, which is amazing. Uh, the next thing that is on my revenue studio revenue stream list is birthday parties. Yay! <laughs> we used to do this a lot more when we uh, had a commercial lease. Now we, we don't have a commercial lease that's ours. Uh, essentially, we have a home office where all the magic happens and then we have eight club sites which we sublease. So we don't really own a space. Now, you don't have to own a space to run birthday parties. Um, you just need to make sure that you factor in the costs. Okay. So make sure that you're including that rental hire that, you know, whoever teachers are running it, whatever. Um, we, yeah, we used to do birthday parties quite a bit and not so much these days, but birthday parties was a really big thing. Actually. Um, when I first started my business, we really promoted birthday parties heavily and that was a big service that we offered. Um, now we do it in the way of affiliate. So uh, basically we don't run the party, but we have affiliate company friends that we promote that have birthday companies. And when the our customers book with their company, they use our special studio code and they receive uh, a discount off the, the party and the birthday company also gives us a commission. So there you go. And I wouldn't recommend anyone I didn't truly, truly believe in as a positive service, by the way. So anyone that I affiliate with, I've experienced, I know, and I trust uh, with my customers, by the way. So just be really mindful whenever you're um, aligning yourself to an affiliate um, to make sure that they're in line with your values and customer service, um, you know, what you expect. Okay, so there you go. Number seven, da -da -da -da, venue hire. 
Now, this is obviously relevant for those that have a venue to hire. Um, yeah. So if you own your own lease or space, then this is a great option as well. People sometimes are scared to hire the venue. Honestly, um, I would be really open to it. Just make sure you have like agreements in place, you know, um, hire agreements in place, set your expectations and um, have a safe, you know, unlock system. You don't want to be there opening up for them for an hour for like $40. So do have like some sort of keypad or some sort of system that works, I think personally. Um, the other thing about venue hire is, you know, you can be picky with who you bring into the space. Like I probably would steer clear of anyone that was directly competitive with me as in another studio. Um, but Typically, we hire a lot. So venue hire works for a lot of the studios we, we hire off. We hire off Latin dance studios, like adult studios. We're a musical theatre kids group. So for us to hire off an adult Latin dance studio makes sense because we're not competitors, but they have the perfect space for us. And usually they don't use the same hours that we use. So it works really, really well. Um, yeah, so venue hire is a good one. Number eight is food and drink sales. So your options could be a shop or a vending machine or sold at events. Remember, I'm going to be um, giving you my 11th one really soon. So hang in there, guys. Uh, my 11th one is one that you've never heard before. And remember, guys, if you're forgetting this or you're on the go um, or you just want to have the notes from me, uh, you can download this as a PDF. And that's in the description here as well in the show notes. Okay. Number nine is exams. So we don't do exams, but I know a lot of people do, and that's another revenue stream option. Okay, number 10, concert and showcase ticket sales. Now, guys, honestly, you can do this virtually or in person, and a great way to up your revenue and a low-cost option too is have a mid-year showcase online. Now, I know you're probably going, yeah, no one's to do online. So not true. So not true. You can absolutely do it. I think, you know, solos work really well for online personally, but you can even do groups, but you obviously, um, not everyone's going to dance in the same time because of the lag and stuff, but you host the music on your end and then you have everyone dancing on the screen. Look, honestly, it works for us. We do um, midyear showcases like for um, online and it's virtual. Ticket prices are less and there are no overheads. It's pretty great. And you might, not, you know, make an extra couple of grand in your pocket there and it's a great experience and kids get to showcase their skills online and connect and have fun. So don't underestimate it. Obviously, um, this is something that we brought in after COVID and we've sort of kept because it works, but then we obviously do our big stage productions as well. Uh, now, I'm going to get into my 11th, my secret, my secret revenue stream that you may have never considered. I promise you, right? So a bit of a drum roll. Okay, so here is the most untapped studio revenue stream that you may have never even considered. Now, I promise you this makes total sense as a studio owner too, so please hear me out. So my 11th studio revenue stream is in-house talent management service. So this is a talent agency type, type service at your studio. 
Now, if you're a performing arts studio owner or you would love to explore booking your students in film, television, commercial, stage work, so on, um, then I actually think that this is a perfect fit for you. Um, I do have a solution around this. You're probably wondering, yeah, that sounds great, Joe, but how the heck am I going to do that? I wouldn't even know where to start. Let me tell you that you already are a super, you're, you're a super talent scout. You already are. You do this every single day in your studio. Your students are there and ready and want opportunities. It is the easiest upsell you will ever have in your life because you really are creating those future stars. And I know how naff or daggy that sounds, but it, it's true. You're housing people that are going to become, you know, musical theatre stars, touring artists, you know, pop singers, uh, dance in music videos. They're going to go on to um, be in television shows, on commercials, in feature films. You're breeding this talent within your walls. And what I find is, is that people will see you as that stepping stone to become the artist. But what if you weren't the stepping stone? What if you were the go-to place, right? So you're the, you're the one-stop shop. You train them, create them, and then they stay with you and you actually give them professional paid work. It's totally possible. Um, now, you're probably thinking, yeah, okay, that sounds a bit crazy. How the heck am I going to do that, Joe? Well, listen, what if I told you that being a talent manager and facilitating the dreams of your students was easy? Well, it, it seriously can be. Um, so what I've found is I have an in-house talent agency. Um, now, it's absolutely increased my revenue. Uh, it's absolutely increased my student retention. We had a 93% student retention year on year from December to Feb December 21 to February 22. And this is part of it. And it's absolutely increased my industry credibility. So making a, me a, more of a, you know, a respected member of the industry and a go-to space. Okay. That is without a doubt. Um, so, you know, you make money through an, a talent management service, both directly and indirectly. And there are ways that you can do this. And I'm, and I can show you how, um, I actually have a course that I'm launching in March and I'm now opening up the wait list so that um, people can get the update when it's open. I'm only gonna be opening the doors for nine days in March. Um, so that's, yes, nine days only. And um, it's limited, and that's because I really just wanna have a few people in there and um, yeah, I don't want it to be ongoing. I want it to be a concentrated focused group. Anyway, the course is called Talent Manager Bootcamp. And this is where I actually train studio owners to, to create their own in-house talent agency. But anyway, if you're interested and you want to really provide amazing opportunities for your students and get them work in film, television, commercial, stage and all the things, and you also want to level up your business um, and you want to really increase, you know, your revenue and increase your student retention and really provide amazing opportunities for your people and community then this is a great option. Um, if you're interested um, and it's something that you want to explore a little bit further, I also will put the waitlist link, actually. I'll put a link in the um, show notes. Yeah, I'll do that. Um, 
but you can also, um, the link is also available at the bottom on page five of that free PDF that um, you can download as well. So guys, a couple of things here. Um, let's just recap those 11 revenue streams just quickly. Um, okay, here we go. Number one, group lessons. Number two, private lessons. Number three, workshops and themed events. Number four, costumes. Number five, uniforms and merchandise. Number six, birthday parties. Number seven, venue hire. Number eight, food and drink sales. Number nine, exams. Number 10, concert and showcase ticket sales. And number 11, my juicy secret, which is no longer a secret, is your own in-house talent management service. All right, everyone, that's it for today. Um, again, jump into the description, grab those resources. Um, if you want to get the PDF from today, uh, go to Josephine Lane Cuba forward slash studio revenue. Thank you so much, everyone. And um, yeah, have an amazing week. I'll see you next week with an interview, actually, of one of um, my studio owners that is a student of mine, so a client of mine that actually went through the Talent Manager Bootcamp program and she's going to be sharing her experience with you and also just talking about what it's like to be a young budding studio owner and um, exploring that world. All right, we'll see you next week. Bye for now. If you enjoyed listening and would like to hear more, be sure to click subscribe. If you're really feeling the love, share us with your friends. To work with me or to simply find out more about the magic of creativity, arts and business, head to my website, josephinelancuba.com and you can find me on socials. I also have a book that I've co-written with a bunch of amazing entrepreneurial women called The Women Changing the World and you can grab a copy of that at josephinelancuba.com forward slash books. Thanks for listening.